0: Moncrief on News Talk,
1: brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
2: You're right. So joining us, um, Arlene Hunt, to be reviewing our movies. Good to see you, Arlene. And uh, Mick has two very beautifully chilled red wines for us. Uh, wonderful. And on show this week, Annette Freeman. Good to see you back. Annette. Hi there, Tom. How, How are, are you? How long, time, things? long time. Long time since we were in studio together. Yes. Um, look forward to all your various uh, fantastic bits of gossip from the world of, of entertainment. Uh, what what wines? You're going to a chilled red this
0: week? So, we're doing two chilled reds, yes. Yeah, so, two kind of lighter style reds. One from Stellenbosch, which is a Sanso, and from a producer called Craven, Mick and Janine Craven. And then one is a Malbec from Cahors, so southwest of France, which is actually the home of Malbec. Um, but this is this is an interesting one because it's done in a Beaujolais style. So Malbec tends to be very heavily oaked, very rich style of wine, and this is light, fun, and extraordinarily gluggable. Right? You <laughs> recently were showing us that
2: uh, we're drinking red wine at too high a temperature, right? In general,
0: in general. So, like, I, I think when people say drink at room temperature, they probably mean room temperature pre-central heating days. But look. Anybody can drink anything at whatever temperature they want. Well, i wines are just whole life having it at,
2: at, at mid-tropics temperatures. Like, yeah. I always thought it was and, and it, just if under boiling that, point. it's
0: fruitier. Yeah. So the, what we'll see when we taste these wines, chilling them down actually just makes them more refreshing, makes them more crisp. It brings up the acid. Not the sexiest word in the wine lexicon, acid, but probably one of the most important Great. Uh, if you have questions um, for our expert 53106 for wines and do you do beer as well? Mickey? No, not really. I drink lots of it. I drank a lot of it yesterday which oh. is why I'm mildly sweating everybody. you're Everyone was just thinking that it was just a very hot walk over. I drank a lot of beer yesterday. All
2: right, fair enough.
0: Um, your expertise is strictly on the wine. You don't want to I'm, I'm a wine questions. nerd. But oh, right. if anybody wants to tell try me you. any of their problems at all,
2: I'm more I, than happy that's to that's chat. That's what we always like to hear. Um, there we go. Malbec. Vom. Why
0: is Malbec so hard to drink? Asks Paula. This <laughs> one isn't. Yeah. She needs to try this one. This one's called Combel Serre and it's called Le Pure Fruit. So it's the pure fruit of Malbec. And, and it really is. This is the essence of what Malbec is about. Most Malbecs are oak bombs and my guess is that Paula doesn't like oak. Right. Very good. Uh, you have two kind of odd movies for us, I yeah, I
1: picked them this week, all right. Um, I have uh, the first movie is uh, Lal Singh Cheda. And the second movie then is Orphan First Kill.
2: Sorry, I'll just adjust that now. There we go. Okie dokie. Yeah. Um and the the one the first one, the, 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 the Lal Singh.
3: Ladsing
2: Ch- Chida. Chida, That's yeah. an odd name, yeah. That's kind of. It's a, a long film too, isn't it? It's a.
1: It's a very long film. It actually has an interval. It I has can, an interval. I haven't been to a film with an interval in, I uh, probably since I was a child.
2: I can remember intervals, but we're going back to the days of the Savoy when yeah, your parents were bringing yeah. stuff like that. When you were
1: drinking, it was your
2: time to get orange, ice cream and, orange and stuff. Orange that
1: was made with powder and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah. You're really yeah. going back, back, back in the day for Strange, an interval. Yeah. It was.
2: Gone right. And it's quite. It's quite an epic too. Well, yes. It, which from, from your notes they seem to have really loved and
1: uh, <laughs> it's a right. long I should point out it's a long film
2: alright uh, it's a journey film That's it's a journey right film look forward to that and uh, in, in the world of things that are going on kind of gossiping and stuff yeah uh, Boris Johnson drama
3: yeah, I know I know are we he ready for even out of office yet well, well no he's not no he's resigned about what a yeah, month but or but six he's weeks ago one of them. but yeah uh, and uh, they're in their first sky with the with this documentary like look it, it's not It's not about his whole premiership. It's about uh, the start of the pandemic and his premiership then and how he managed that. Um, Obviously, the Dominic Cummings scandal, which we spoke about in the Green Room, uh, Arlene, uh, there a couple of minutes ago. And uh, just it's about um, kind of... uh, how those first days panned out uh, for him as a leader. So it's also like, it just looks so good, actually. I, I, the, the trailer came out in the last few days, but it's called This England, and it's going to be um, coming up just over a month, obviously, since he resigned. So Sky are getting in there first, and this is going to be one of many of these types of documentaries that we see about Boris, because he's that kind of flamboyant character, isn't he, that everybody's going to be wanting to do. Like, Who, there'll be years of this type of stuff. Yeah, but who's they, playing him? Who is playing him? Kenneth Branagh. Ooh. Yeah. So and uh, it's he looks pretty impressive. Like yeah. he looks like Boris, you know, he, 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 there's some transformation there. And the uh, his wife, Carrie Simons, which obviously he married, who he married over the last few years. She's going to be played by Ophelia uh, Lovibond. And uh, there's some, you know, personal scenes there of them, you know, on the couch. Don't want to snuggling. think about it. Not them type of personal All right. Oh, what a relief. <laughs> you know, just sitting on the couch, her her influence over him maybe as a as a leader. You know, there's one scene where she, she's telling him to rein Dominic Cummings in, uh, you know, this type of uh, narrative around that. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, it follows the first few months of the pandemic in England with stories interwoven from around the UK. It features experts and scientists racing against the time to understand the virus as well. So it's not just about his premiership, um, about the doctors and care worse nurse carers and yeah. nurses and stuff like that working to overcome the outbreak. And then, obviously, Partygate is covered in it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty so dramatic that, time, isn't it? Yeah, do When really you say was. it all there and
2: then, and you think back yeah. to early lockdown, schools closing, that fear that was going around. Yeah, yeah. Everyone tuning in at night time the six o'clock news to have the experts tell you where it stood now. God. Yeah,
3: and hi, and, hi, and him coming on screen, you know, his his speeches to the British public, that's all in it as well. So it's, um, you know, the MPs raising their glasses in the House of Commons at different parties and, you know, just the stuff that went on. That you kind of go very soon, isn't it? It is quite soon to watch this. It is. It's, but clearly there's a lot of interest in it because it's been sold by Fremantle to 88 territories. So you know, you know, people are going to want to watch this. I'm going to want to watch this. Oh yeah, I wouldn't miss it. But when will we be able to see it? The 21st of September is when we'll be on on Sky Atlantic. It's going to be also streamed on now from the uh, 21st of September, and it's six episodes.
2: I actually look forward to it. despite everything I just said. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Um, a listener says, Will the man ever go away? Now we need to see him while we're trying to relax at night time. Yeah. No, thanks. I don't-
3: yeah he's a a bit like Trump he's never going to go away is he he's always kind of going to be there he's that type of throw that into the
0: equation Yeah,
3: sorry I'm sorry
0: (laughs) Um, are we going to have our first wine are we going to yeah yeah absolutely yeah so we have in the glass at the moment we have a wine from a producer called Craven and Craven are Mick and Janine Craven Uh, Mick is an Aussie and Janine is from Stellenbosch um, in South Africa near Cape Town which is where this wine is from Um, this wine is made from Sanso so it's a grape variety that, in general, people probably won't be familiar with because it doesn't tend to be labelled on most of the bottles that it goes into. So the vast majority of where Sanseau goes into is rosé production in, in the south of France. So you'd see a lot of sanso in those kind of pale, crisp-style Provence and across the south into the Languedoc-style rosés. Um, sanso is a bit of a workhorse grape, If you have young vines, you can crop it really highly. And what do I mean by that? On one vine, you might get 20 bunches of grapes. So you can get a lot of fruit for one foot, shall we say. Um, And as it ages, as the vine ages, you get much less fruit coming off each, each bush and much more complex tasting wine. In South Africa, Sanso used to be what people would do, again, because they were getting huge yields, they used to swap it for spirit at, uh, at KWV, who are the big, this is pre-apartheid, this is years ago, but this, they would swap it for spirit at KWV and they would use the spirit to, to make their own fortified wines at home. So it was a, just a volume drink. But they've kind of left a lot of these vines in the ground and you're making really, really interesting wines now from Sanso. This particular one, you can see the colour is really pale. So it's like just on the spectrum of red wines. This is about as light as it gets. Next step down is kind of into rosé territory. Um, So it isn't a very deeply pigmented wine. So you do get these light and and they super juicy, crisp in terms of acid. But this is an interesting one. If you drink it at room temperature, it's very fruity and juicy and in your face. You chill it down and all of a sudden it becomes a totally different, refreshing, kind of crisp style of wine. So for me, I know, you know, the, certainly the past in Ireland, people would have been sticking their bottle of wine on the radiator. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's how you like your wine, it's just... What kind of you, people are they? <laughs> honestly, would It's would... Everyone has their hands up in the studio. You said before eighteen
1: degrees uh,
0: eighteen degrees for me is is kind of that's that's the temperature you want red wine at in general. But something like this, I would drink this out of the fridge. Out of the fridge, but I would do the door of the fridge as opposed to the back. So you know, the back is a little bit cooler. The door is a little less cool. Um, But I would do it out of the door of the fridge. And And I have to say, the more I do this the cooler I am drinking the wines at because I just think they give you a totally different spectrum. Um, now, if I'm recommending wine to someone in the shop, I'd say with this, chill yeah. it down for a half an hour yeah. before you drink it. But, but chilling red wine is something to be experimented with at home. It's right. really it's good really It's really beautiful. It's lovely. This, yeah. These particular, this producer, Mick and Janine, they're just fantastic. Um, they, it's all single variety. So one grape, from a single plot all around Zalambas so single variety single vineyard um, wines and they do a Pinot Noir they do a Syrah all of their wines are really low booze as well this is 12 so this is a this is a breakfast wine okay a breakfast
2: (laughs) wine (laughs) of course I haven't heard that phrase (laughs) of course in a very long time.
3: (laughs) I would have thought 12% was a lot of alcohol. No, God, no. Like
0: like the standard the standard on a supermarket shelf here is probably well, you know, we've moved to minimum unit pricing now. So in general, booze contents will be coming down in the supermarket. But the standard would have been 14 degrees for, for a red wine. And as climate change goes, we're getting hotter in terms of booze as well so these guys pick early in inverted commas I use inverted commas because um, if I said to Mick you pick early he would tell me where to go he would say that everyone else just picks late alright um, how much this would be 35 quid oh it's an expensive enough wine
2: I, you so know I, I like, is, to, spoil I like changed
0: changed to spoil power. Power. you guys I like to spoil you guys
3: wine I've ever had i
0: drinking it faster than I would have been yeah. drinking yeah. it, if yeah. I it. I, and we'll pour the rest in the break <laughs> and we can. We, I, I've even brought straws it's delicious, Annette.
3: Mick, I'm not mad about that no. now. So I'm sorry now. It's because it's it, it's not sweet enough, of course, and it's it, I always go for 11% wines. <laughs> I judge it on the. Is that mad? I'm oh, sorry no, and it's a, can, I a it's a long time since I had session, a red wine it's great it's a long time since I had a red wine so not, my, my yeah. palate needs to adjust no, does the to. warm it, like red wine uh, each, oh.
0: each to their own with, yeah. with wine and and like I'm super conscious that us absolute wine nerds sound like we're preaching all the time we shouldn't be wine is a fun drink drink it whichever way you want I mean that's, that's the way the that, Arla- you know? Arlene
2: did you enjoy, Arlene, did you
1: enjoy? Arlene, did you drinkable?
2: eminently drinkable eminently drinkable glugger could you leave red wine in the fridge for days before drinking it absolutely
0: so if you want to store red wine over a longer period of time cooler is better but constant is best when it comes to temperature so if you you know people will always say where in the house do I store it don't put it under the stairs if your boiler is under the stairs. All right.
2: We're learning a
0: lot today. Yeah, we really yeah. A lot of mistakes Useful. have
2: been made. Hopefully it's not too late to correct them. <laughs> <laughs> Take that wine off the radiator. It was <laughs> one, obviously. Um, five, hundred six for your text. We'll a quick break on our first film after this. <laughs> आपका बच्चा
1: अलग है कुछ बच्चे होते हैं बहुत इंटेलिजेंट कुछ होते हैं नॉर्मल और कुछ नॉर्मल से कम जैसे आपका लाल मैं ले लेता हूं
2: Now, I know it's in foreign and I know people will say they can't understand a word, but I still think that the little clip gives you kind of flavour of the world, lovely, gentle kind of world. It's kind of a cinema paradiso. It's
1: rosy. It's a rosy rosy world with lovely light and India looks fabulous. It's never looked better. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful country. Um, And obviously it's subtitled as well. And and basically this is um, an Indian version of Forrest Gump. All right. Almost play by play to a lot really? of it. It's not really that different from from the original film with, with Tom Hanks. Um, uh, Alal, who would be the Gump character, you know, he's on a train, he's on a second class non-air conditioned train and he's going to meet Rupa, who is the one and only love of his life and as he's on the the train he's sitting there and he's got a a box uh, of you know little pastries instead of chocolates and he's about to start um, on the journey and he sits down opposite a woman who's kind of glaring at him because he keeps making these weird little sounds all the time he's a bit of an eccentric and uh eventually he starts to tell his story and he's, you know, he's starting to tell it and by the time he's finished telling his story, everybody in the whole of the, the train is listening in to hanging on his every word and he's basically telling the story of his life, how he started with his mother and how he was weak and he had bad legs and how he went on to become this kind of famous man Uh, who made a fortune an absolute fortune uh, and who went to war and who came back from war and went running around the world when his heart was broken basically ran ran around the whole country it's exactly the the tale of Forrest Gump like almost verbatim Forrest Gump with a few minor changes uh, for the culture And, and it's very long it's very long Forest Gump
2: seduces you, really. Kind of brings you into his world, and you you get you're shaking your I'm head, shaking my head. Most people, people who loved it, right, uh, were were seduced by it and brought into his world. Okie Um Does this not do the same? No, n- n- or is I, it just not doing the same to you? It's not
1: just the same. It's not the same for me. I I always found Forest Gump to be odd and mawkish in a weird way. Great soundtrack way. though. Yes, good soundtrack, but odd and m- mawkish right. in a lot of ways
2: Gar- Forest Gump also reminded me of um, The World According to Garp yeah another one of the yeah. uh, where I kind of find uh, yeah I hear you it's it's mawkish from beginning to end it's like this weird compendium of someone's yeah. life
1: yeah and there's nothing I- even when things are negative there's nothing negative in it you know everything's told Forrest to this Gump prism. had a fun
2: aspect to it there was there was funny yeah,
1: bits yeah there but there's loads of funny pieces even in in in, in Singh Shara there's loads of funny there's funny pieces in it as well like little peculiar circumstances that he finds himself in there's a lot of cruelty in it though as well I have to say when he's a little boy and he has the calipers on and he can't really the local kids like throw rocks at him fairly accurately I would say (laughs) And uh, so there's a lot of kind of harshness to it but again it's told in such a rosy fashion that there's no other way for him to go except to succeed and there's a couple of Complicated scenes, and as you know, where they go to war, and he ends up, he ends up rescuing his enemy. Hey, so this is the Indian-Pakistani war, and he ends up rescuing a warlord, who eventually becomes his best friend and manager in his business. And it's all this sort of odd, just to, you know, just because tidy, very very tidy, very tidy, yeah. very clean. And um, I will say, what has improved in this is in Forrest Gump, the character of Jenny. I always found that a problematic character in Forrest Gump. You know, her trajectory was always really, you know, because she was free spirited and she, you know, it was, it was during the sexual revolution and she sort of was in in, in Gump, you know, she paid a high, high penalty for this. And it was just always she didn't really have much of a character arc in this. The woman is her name is Rupa. And she is um, Lal's best friend from the time they were very small when they're children. And she's a, a really good backstory and it's a really good arc in this where, you know, she comes from... A, a, um, I just want to say that this film is rated 13, but there are some little scenes in it that might be too much for a 13 year old. So there's an off scene, you don't see it, but you hear it, of violence where Rupa's mother is killed by her father. And it's quite it's quite... Visceral. Mm. the scene is quite visceral and i just thought afterwards like 13 might be a little bit yeah. too much for them um so rupa grows up and obviously lal wants to marry her the whole time because he's totally in love with her he's like completely in love with her but she doesn't want to be with him not because she doesn't love him but because she, she her fear of being poor and her fear of being abandoned gives her abandonment issues and she wants to be with somebody who's very wealthy because she thinks that's her 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 security and then she picks this terrible person to be with and he's an absolute monster so there's you know but her arc changes over the course of the film and it's and she's a, a brilliant actress the uh, the actress for that is a woman called Karina Kapoor and she's a ama- she's incredible in this um so I just prefer that very much to the Jenny character in Forrest yeah. Gump, who is very much a, a kind of like a left stage character, you know, and it just wasn't, didn't work for me.
2: I think if these things do work for you, it's that they tend to be an entire life story. Yeah. And you can't help but identify with people's this moment. They think their whole future will be in this direction, please, yeah. but be in a different direction. And, and as the thing plays out, you just it, it hits you at some emotional level eventually. Yeah,
1: there's a, there's a really poignant scene in this where Rupa is almost driven to the point of death and you can actually see like she's an incredible actress and you can see all the pain in her and then she has this little moment where she sees something that pings back to her childhood and brings her out of herself just in that split second and it saves her and it's really that's actually really well done really well, well handled it doesn't sound too bad it's just very long and there's an interval and there's when songs when you say long
2: no, songs
1: yes her songs
2: as in bollywood songs yes that's an odd
1: it's an odd one if you're not to used in. to that kind of if you're not used to it, it's it's odd because it's actually, for me, it kind of takes you out of the film. Um, but I suppose if, if that's the kind of style of film that you like, it, it probably adds to the character and it adds to the atmosphere. But for someone who's not necessarily um, used to Bollywood films, the fact that they might have a really emotional scene and then suddenly stop and there's a big long song for maybe three minutes, that for me just yeah, makes me that's step odd. out. But
2: that, that is very much Bollywood, though. Very isn't much it? so, yeah, very much so. So in so that I, market, they're going to love But
1: I just, just yeah. you know, coming from um, an Irish it, perspective. The listener's just,
2: acting is it. Act- asking is it common for Hollywood movies to be remade in Bollywood
1: I think it's becoming more common because if you have a huge hit yeah and you have something that's culturally massive you know you can maybe conceive why someone would like to make a a different version of it but a a different version containing in contained in their culture
2: and uh, the listener says lads you can't copy a masterpiece you're going to argue that it's not a masterpiece, aren't you?
1: I don't know that it's not a masterpiece. I, I just—it's not, okay, not for me. It's not for me. I just yeah. thought it was very light and fluffy, and I just—but there's there's subtle differences as well. I always thought far—I didn't think of Forrest Gump as a fool. I just thought he was innocent. Yeah, it just struck me as very innocent. You know, he—the way he was brought up with his mother and the yeah. way he was is brought up. Is this guy? As he's more f- like more foolish than foolish. he is innocent. Yeah, he a is successful fool. F- that sounds By right. accident, right. <laughs> I wish I could be one of them. <laughs> yes, I do. It's <laughs> very rich yeah. foolish.
2: Um, and is there a kind of backlash against it in, in some massively?
1: Circles? So What's um, that about? so it, it's again it's cultural. It's to do with, you know um, the crossover? I, I don't pretend to understand all of Indian politics, but it, there's a whole. Problem with the the main actor, the uh, the and um, Amir Khan. There's an issue with that. There's an issue with mostly thing to do with him, and then to do with the director as well. And so you end up with they they hit rotten tomatoes and places like that with a lot of negative uh, reviews, but probably before they'd even seen the film. So there's a there's a, a cultural issue around this as well. But it wouldn't yeah. be something that I would personally be and familiar it's, with. It's,
2: is it going to be in cinemas here? I mean, it is. Yes, yeah, it is. Cinemas. It is right. in cinemas.
1: It's I think it's in cinemas right now.
2: Be yeah, an choice to head along to. It, it seems an odd thing to do and an yeah, odd way to
1: pitch it's, a, it's, a str- it's an odd film it's very sweet in places um, right. Lyle's mother in particular is an incredible actress and she's really sweet and very warm in this there are lovely little scenes in it as well but just just be aware it's it's, it's subtitles it's very long and if Forrest Gump is your masterpiece then you might not particularly warm to this well that's good
2: news Anne says oh thank God I'm not the only one I can't stand Forrest Gump there you go now um, <laughs> in, in other stories going around um, Garfield went right yeah, by me yes. um, I don't remember it at all
3: you what don't remember which? I remember the,
2: it being out of the film from yeah. 15 years ago That's yeah, years yeah ago it so. is 15
3: years so clearly it's time for another new Garfield um, Garfield isn't really that big of a household name with no, kids today though he's just not because there's no kind of mini series on Netflix not that I know of but anyways clearly um, this production company Alcon C Alcon in and Shamans have bought the rights and they bought them in 2016. But production has only started last year. Film is not going to be out until early 2024 for this Garfield reboot. Um, plot details are obviously sketchy, it's going to be about a cat called Garfield. <laughs> Sorry. And uh Chris Pratt is going to be played by Garfield, or is going to be obviously voice, voice in Garfield. Um, he's obviously known for parks and recreation. Um, and it's going to be uh directed by, well, one of the directors because it's Manny, but one of them is a Disney veteran called Mark Dindal, and he's going to he's worked previously on animations for notable films such as The Great Mouse Detective, The Little Mermaid, which is a big one in our house, Aladdin. Um, and Obviously, the original Garfield 15 years ago, it wasn't a major hit. Well, sorry, the first one was it, it, in 2004, it like raked in 200 million at the box office. But the the sequel in 20 or 2006 went straight to DVD. Um, it was called, um, oh God, what was called it called? Ta- Garfield, no. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. And it went straight to DVD. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, so like (laughs) shocked. (laughs) Shocked wasn't Garfield, that's going to be the next sequel. Um, So yeah, but Bill Murray voiced Garfield back in two thousand four and two thousand. He'd be perfect because it's sardonic, sarcastic. Yes, that is Garfield. Yeah, that is Garfield, and uh, it it was kind of an odd scene as an odd choice at the time because it was uh, after he had got uh, Golden Globes for Lost in Translation, so it was a bit of a funny move for him. But there is an interesting nugget of information on why he signed up for the sequel well obviously he had done money so yeah money was one of them um, but he read quickly through the script and he saw that the director was Joel Cohn and he read it as C-O-E-N so obviously the guys the, that, that, brothers. the Coen brothers Fargo Burn after reading but it was actually somebody called Joel Cohen. Cohen with the H, who had wrote "Cheaper by the Dozen" and other comedies, and Murray signed up thinking that it was the first Cohen. Um, so uh, the, he kind it's of he's agent? <laughs> yeah. He, just, he clearly just read through and signed up for it. But the first one was lo- the The second one. I'd love to wasn't. Be there
2: the moment he realized it was the wrong one.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's going to be some other new cats on the block, including Samuel L. Jackson, who's going to be voicing great. a new character called Vic, who is going to be Garfield's dad. So that's got, like you can hear that in your head already, can't you? That's just sounds. Do you great. think
2: a bit of the drive behind this is that um, Paddington became such a big hit over the last few years? Cause yeah. Paddington One and Paddington Two are, are masterpieces, really, oh, they're aren't they?
3: Such like my favorite movies yeah. ever. Paddington One is so the just demand, brilliant.
2: maybe something kind of like that, you know yeah
3: this is obviously going version. to be completely animation I guess uh, okay. Paddington's like yeah. you know he's yeah. the animated character and then All the rest right. of it is yeah but it's right. it, I don't know it, it, it remains to be seen we have years to wait though we, so don't get too have we to years answer. to wait okay, 2024 20, 20, so I'll that's like yeah, two I years I can't get that
2: far ahead yeah. speaking of we're talking <laughs> about reboots Adam's Family Reboot.
3: Adam's Family Reboot. I'm very reboot. excited about yeah. I like Adam's Family. Now, uh, this is going to be, um, it's called Wednesday and it's going to be on Netflix. So it's not exactly a movie. It's more of a series. And Tim Burton's behind this. So it's it's got a hit written all over it. It's a Netflix production and it's going to be hitting our screens later this year. Obviously, there's been many variations of The Adam's Family over the years. Um, but this one has been marketed, or it is, a comedy, horror, teen drama that centres on the daughter of of the Adams family, Wednesday Adams. And it's going to be about her finding her way in the world as a teenager after being expelled from lots of mainstream schools. She goes to Nevermore Academy. It's a prestigious school, a boarding school for outcasts. Um, Ginny Ortega, I'm sure I mangled that surname, is uh, the lead as Wednesday. She was in Scream. Um, a trailer was released this week and it's literally her standing at the side of the college pool releasing piranhas into the pool <laughs> in, in among a load of like high school jocks. Um, so she's creating uh, mayhem. It does look really, really good, guys. Um, There's an impressive cast. Catherine Zeta-Jones is Morticia. Lewis Gorman is Gormez Adams. Um, And um, no word of Uncle Fester just yet. Um, But Nina Rishi, who was in the original Adams family in like like 1991, she's going to be in it, but her role hasn't been revealed yet, or what, what she's going to be doing within the series. So... We sounds
2: great She well, so was the original Wednesday yeah. Yeah. yeah, she was yeah. the original yeah. Wednesday yeah.
3: so and uh, yeah and she was in the actual the first movie and then there was a, a sequel two years later she was in all that so um, yeah the show is the brainchild of Smallville creators um, and what other information do I have on it uh, it drops on Netflix maybe in time for Halloween who knows but it looks really good
2: Look forward to that. I have a question for you, Mick, by the way, before we carry on. Um, A listener is wondering um, how people cope with red wine teeth. It's Uh, a big problem for me. Drink a
0: glass of white wine just before going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, everyone says that about stains on the carpet. Pour white wine on it. So why wouldn't it work on your teeth?
3: I never (laughs) knew that. The one thing I will
0: say on the teeth part. Yeah. You need brush to be te- quite careful. You shouldn't actually brush your teeth after drinking oh. too much wine because you've got the tannin and stuff there already. So you're kind of brushing some of the tannin in. Yeah. Better off mouth washing first. Right. And oh, then yeah. brushing your teeth. I oh, think man. most people have had
2: too many glasses of wine that's that's it's the level of
0: clarity that's i
1: would probably end up drinking it the red,
2: the
0: red, lips. <laughs> the
1: red lips not, red not lips the great. teeth and, but the red, yeah. red circle around it
0: but, but I would I would always say to people that at wine tastings and stuff start with red wine tasting go on to the white then you, and then you, your teeth you are head fine. off into the night with beautiful right. shiny
2: teeth Perfect in there <laughs> don't you and um, the says is this a stupid question but could you make wine from
0: cotton candy grapes or are grapes for wine different to grapes for eating grapes for wine are much different to uh, table grapes so table grapes don't tend to give you the same whiny flavour that we are used to they would give you a slightly different flavour they call the flavour foxy um, so yeah not is a is that not good no no alright um, a listener saying I wonder has Michael Flatley ever
2: considered a career in Bollywood I mean with his dancing skills and acting Directing and producing abilities. He's, he's got a new
1: movie coming out, he is. Blackbird. Yeah,
2: yeah, you haven't seen that yet, no?
1: I I haven't, but I see the, um, I think it was The Lighthouse, say they're bringing it out in the next yeah. couple of weeks. So. Yeah, great. was on the, it.
3: the yeah. first uh, week in September. We That's covered right, it here yeah. in the show a few weeks ago. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I knew it was coming out soon. Look so forward to it, because he's a man of great talents.
2: So, Let's see the latest and we don't one. want to
3: export them. Stop sending no, them off def- to Bollywood, Tom. No. Crikey. For Only for a while.
2: <laughs> so um, 5206 for your text. We'll have our second wine after. You're very welcome back. Tom Dunn standing in for Sean today. Arlene has one more movie for us. But before that, uh, Mick, you have your second wine. And uh, you seem very excited about this one
0: yourself. I just love this that. wine. I think it's stunning value. And I think it shows a fantastic grape in Malbec in a totally different light to what we have become accustomed to. So we have this notion of Malbec as it's Argentinian, it's Mendoza, it's steakhouses, and that's what you use it for. But the grape by itself, without any oak, is just the most beautiful, pretty, vibrant, floral grape. And this producer, Julien Ilbert, from a from a domain called Combelle lasser has just coaxed out the most Pretty wine. You're going. very excited. I just, I, I Honestly, love it. I, I like listening to a poem. I absolutely adore um, it. But it's, <laughs> I, it's, I saw a line of
2: this. It sounded like a curse. Sees no oak. Sees no oak. That's the big deal. No with this. oak barrels no oak, have been damaged. No oak in the shall production cast a of this shadow wine. on this wine.
0: Exactly. And look, oak, oak is oak is a very very important part of winemaking. Oak barrels. We we in Ireland know them because they're outside every pub. That's what we lean on. Um, when we're having our drinks but oak imparts a major stamp on any wine and that stamp tends to be in a kind of adding a little bit of sweetness to the wine so it tends to add a bit of vanilla and a bit of kind of baking spice cinnamon nutmeg those kind of things to a wine it can also make a wine one dimensional for want of a better um, phrase but it, it can make a wine just taste of oak so it can be good, it can be bad, and it, like, like everything. Every wine, it, it depends on the producer who's producing it. These guys aren't choosing any oak on this particular wine. They do on some of their other ones. But without the oak, you see Malbec for what it is, which is this really deep-coloured, like, vibrantly purple um, in the glass. You get all this kind of blackberry and cassis kind of style aromas. But then it's that floral thing. I could I could sit and smell this wine all day. It's it's violet. We'll throw it over to the panel, Arlene. No, how it's, you
1: it, it's it's delicious. It's um, it's very soft. It's a soft wine. You could sort of see yourself like sitting down with food with this one and just you know really enjoying it.
0: And chilling it down yeah. allows it to. So chilling it down brings out the structure of the wine. The structure of the wine is the kind of the building blocks of the wine. That's acid, alcohol, tannin. This is quite a light booze again. This is 12 and a half. But it brings up the acid for freshness. And when you now put this with kind of a, a piece of red meat or something yeah. along those lines, you get additional cut through in the wine. And it works so well. We we were serving this at the Big Grill last weekend and serving it cold. And most people are going, what are you doing, Malbec cold? And we're like, "Just just... Give, trust it a, give it a us chance. It. And like yeah. and people coming back to us going, with the food, that was just mind blowing, like a totally different experience. Brilliant. So while maybe we're not all accustomed to the chilling it. I would just you, say Arlene. You get accustomed to very try it very fast. Try it, don't yeah. you. Exactly. Try you get accustomed to it, it fast, This is twenty quid, right. and and I think this is a, this is a natural wine producer and natural wine because they are very very handmade tend to be pricier. Okay, but I mean, so twenty quid is is entry level in natural wine, but I think this is exceptionally good value
2: Annette has this one with I like
3: it I like it Thumbs up. it's really nice yeah it'd be more like what i relief knock back sorry um, <laughs> <laughs> for want of a better word it's a glugger, <laughs> it's, a glugger. <laughs> it's a glugger glugger that's <laughs> the was trying to think of that word yeah
2: delicious it yeah, is good isn't, isn't it Tom indeed. yeah y- you would like to eat with it so.
0: absolutely yeah
2: we'll organise that for the next time <laughs> now then um, we want to see if we've got a winner today in the cash machine let's find that out now
3: News
0: Talk Summer Cash Machine Hey this is Barry Dunn with this afternoon Summer Cash Machine Call And it's been a great week on the cash machine We've given away more than 100,000 euro To three winners And I reckon we've got time to squeeze one more in So check your phone If this is you that we're calling I hope you've got that cash amount ready We'll need to know today's winning total And you will need to answer your phone within five rings
1: One ring two rings, three rings,
0: four rings, five rings, that's a bit of a shame We could have made Somebody's weekend But uh, we may have ruined it instead Because someone Just missed out on 20,752 euro And 31 cent Which means The money stays in the cash machine For the moment How would you spend it It's something to think about We'll be including you On in Monday's draw If you've entered any time Since yesterday at 5pm But you will need The correct cash total Listen to the hard shoulder Just after 5 Get the new cash amount And we could be calling you Monday afternoon
1: News Newstalk Summer Cash Machine
0: So,
2: no winner today and a rollover, so a bigger total for you for um, Monday. Question in for you, Nick: um, where can I buy
0: that Malbec? Um, uh, uh, Everywhere. It's very, very well stocked, but you'll see it: Neighborhood Wine, Green Man Wine, 64 Wine, Bradley's in Cork, uh, Worldwide Wines in Waterford. And the name of it again is true. Combelle Lasserre is the producer, and this particular one is called Le Pure Fruit du Cos, so the pure fruit of. Course.
2: Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, Annette, Jonah yes. Hill is in the news as well, saying he's not going to promote his films anymore.
3: Yeah, Jonah Hill um, has come out in the last few days to say that he'll be no longer taking part in promoting his own films, so he won't be sitting in front of a panel to, um, to discuss or to um, promote his own films. And it's due to mental health reasons, and it's coming off the back of an open letter that he published um, air, that was published in Deadline Um, that his anxieties were exasperated by media appearances and public-facing events. So he's decided to step back from promoting his upcoming uh, documentary, Studs, which is directed by Jonah Hill and it's about him and his therapist and his own mental health issues and um, it's a journey of self-discovery for him where he's come to and that he no longer wants to sit in front of that panel or be asked those questions where people think that they know him instantly and they want to know all about his life and that makes him feel anxious and he's pulling himself away from doing these type of appearances. Um, he kind of obviously is aware that he's in a very privileged place where he can do this and his his work, you know, will speak for itself and that he'll still be quite famous and make money out of these things and stuff. But, um, uh, yeah, like, you know, he's nominated Oscar winner. Yeah, he, he, he's he can, very successful. Very successful. At a very, very
2: young age. So it's funny, making the documentary about his own mental health vaguely enabled him to see that what he was doing wasn't really doing yeah. his mental health any favours.
3: Exactly. Um, and like obviously this is coming off the back of lots of celebrities deciding to do this like so um, it's not exactly like for like but tennis player Naomi Osaki she decided to step away from press conferences and most recently this week Spider-Man actor Tom Holland announced that he'd be stepping away from social media as he found it it was detrimental to his health so obviously not forward facing press appearances but like like um, Ryan Gosling has said something similar in recent times. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's
2: just. I was just doing a little bit of um, background checks on Jonah, trying to remind myself of the stuff he's done. like you know I yeah. really found an interesting fact. You know, what his dad did. His dad was Guns N' Roses tour accountant. Wow, really? No way. <laughs> hey, you live in there, I did not you? know that.
3: that probably, yeah. Obviously my mind just springs to Wolf of Wall Street when I think of him, but he's done so much more since so you much know. More um, sense, yeah. That was probably the last time he was in yeah. the cinema.
2: Um, we're, um go- <laughs> we're going into our second film now. We're gonna take a clip from this and this one will be in English. Oh. How fantastic is that? Take a listen to this.
0: Linda You
1: didn't. Answer me before. Do your parents work here? Why would you think that? Because you're. And what?
3: Lena. Paniply, it's Maha.
1: Who
2: did that? Right now, put it down. At least I think it was in English.
1: (laughs) Part part of it was, actually. Well, they they started in old Estonian, but they slipped perfectly into (laughs) accented English. Orphan
2: kill, first kill is that one there. Orphan first
1: kill, yeah. So um, let me take you back to 2009. (laughs) 2009 was when uh, Orphan first came out. uh, And it was about a girl called uh, Lena, well, this is Lena in this movie, Esther, uh, who moved in... let me rephrase she was adopted into a family and they thought they thought she was you know a young girl they thought she was about I think she they thought she was nine and uh, as it turns out um, she wasn't <laughs> 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 that's all I've got
2: to say about that
1: she just wasn't yeah she was 32 <laughs> <laughs> she was 33 <laughs> and uh, anyway she, this, is, this is a poor girl who nobody knew anything about her background so they had uh, sort of adopted into a family and it turns out that she wasn't the big twist in Orphan was that she wasn't this young girl even though she looked young and she acted young but she looked like a little Victorian weird macabre doll to be honest with you most of the way through it. so I'm not really sure why people weren't awfully surprised when she turned out to be really evil but um, anywho uh, uh, the point was that she was you know not who she said she was so this is a prequel to
2: so this is going back in time back right? again
1: to sort of the origin stories so obviously stories. they've gone for a much
2: younger actress to in
1: this now this is the best part about this so <laughs> 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 back in Orphan the first one the nine year old uh, adopted Russian child well our Estonian Russian child was played by a 12 year old actress yeah. and the 12 year old actress was Isabella Furman. and uh, they have recast Esther with, again, Isabel Foreman, who's is now 25, to play the same character but a year younger. <laughs> oh, God. It's good. Oh, aye. Well,
2: I we have to say, also, very believable because we were talking to a man directing a film earlier where a 32-year-old man went back to school uh, at the amongst 16-year-olds pretending to be a 16-year-old and got away with
1: it. How do you do, fellow kids? Yes. It's <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> I know. And, and for the most part, like, it, it, they have, they have utilized. she is a very youthful looking person, but she does not look like she's, you know, she's not. But I suppose she thing,
2: she's ancient and evil and, and all those things. She isn't well.
1: ancient or evil. She's got a, a, she's got a physical problem that sort of oh, stunts right. her growth and, and makes her look young. It's not from the manifest Stations of the Dark Lord or anything like oh, that right. this is an That's actual right, yeah. you know unfortunately this is based okay. in real um, <laughs> real life okay Um. so they use a lot of I uh, have to be said they use a lot of body doubles in this they use a lot of young kids for the scenes you know you see somebody running away or you see someone darting along because it's very difficult as we saw in the Irishman it's very difficult to portray youthfulness a, a youthfulness in an older body yeah now, you can get away with sort of, you know, nowadays you can kind of get away with like camera work and different sort of prosthetics and things like that to change your face. But it is difficult. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is that sh- this is who she is. Um, so we travel back to gloomy old Estonia, where this character Esther, Lina is her name at this point. Um, she breaks it. Uh, um, so uh, the place in uh, Estonia is a maximum security uh, hospital and a mental institution. And she breaks out and she ha- that scene where she's talking to, she's talking to an art teacher who she absolutely massacre. And then moves to her apartment where she's listening to Rachmaninov as <laughs> Scootling through the internets, where she finds that there's an American, a very well to do American family who have lost her child, whose child was abducted or went missing four years beforehand. And she thinks, having watched various uh, episodes of Shirley Temple and stuff like that, she can easily. Uh, Portrayed as, the missing child, yeah, essentially, who's been missing for four years, and so she goes to America and presents herself right as this this child. And there are a lot of questions like, Why do you have this Estonian accent? How are you able to play the piano so well? How come you're such a brilliant artist? But this is kind of glossed over <laughs> in the in the movie because the uh, father is also an artist and he's they connect through their art yeah. and all this kind of stuff. and. And so uh, Julia Stiles, who I'm glad to see back on the screen again, the uh, last I think I saw her in was the Bourne the Born movies. So she's a, the mother is Tricia. Uh, yeah. And so after a little while she starts to get a bit suspicious about this. Thank God. little God. You, you weren't <laughs> blown away <laughs> by
2: the long Indian one. So did this work for you, the, this
1: It's daft as a duck.
2: Yeah. It's silly. Yeah,
1: it stretches your incredulity to paste, yes. but at least it's entertaining. Like wow. it's entertaining. That work it's, for me. It's, it's sit on a couch yeah. on a rainy afternoon and watch it. You'll just laugh. It's just preposterous, but it, you know it's a horror.
2: That will work for me. Uh, Arlene and Mick and Annette, thank you both. Uh, all three very much indeed.
1: Moncrief brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at
0: two p.m. on News Talk.